Castaway Show with Dave Dolan. Hello, Anza. You're listening to 96.3 KOYT Coyote Radio, your Anza radio station. And you just tuned into your source for local fishing reports and information. I'm Dave Dolan, and I'm here with the Castaway Show. I want to bring you the latest information I have, a few fishing tips, boating tips. I'll throw in a recipe, too, and we'll get on with today's show. Would like to hear from you. We are at programming at 963koyt.org. You can contact me through there if you have any requests for anything you'd like to hear about on the show. If you'd like to come in here and join me on the show, any questions, anything like that, get a hold of us there at that uh, email address. Also, you can contact us by phone at 763-KOYT. That's 763-5698. So get a hold of us here, and we'd like to have you be part of the show too. So stay tuned now for this edition of the Castaway Show. Okay, everybody. I, before we do the uh, fishing report I like to do at this time, I'd like to talk a little bit about the Earth Day that we recently had here in Anza. If you were by there, you saw that... We here at KOYT had a booth at the uh, Earth Day Festival, and um, I was in that booth with some of my radio friends here from the station, and I was there most of the day, and I had a chance to meet quite a few of you, and several of you came up and told me how you do listen to this show. I want you to know I really appreciate that. It was really good talking with you there. I'm glad to know I have an audience that consists of more than just my wife, so (laughs) it's good to know that you're out there listening to the show. I had quite a few of the ladies also told me they enjoyed the recipes. So I plan to really concentrate on that. I'm glad to give that information to you there. I think you also saw that I have a perfect face for radio too. So once again, thanks for coming by and thanks for listening. Well, to go into my fishing report right now, the um, we can kind of look at it right now. We're coming to the end of one season and the beginning of another one. What's kind of starting to end right now is the trout fishing, at least on the local scene. I know down the hill at Lake Coia on the desert side and Lake Skinner, they're done with their stalking trout down there. I knew that uh, Skinner would be coming to a close. They announced a date on that. And also a couple weeks ago, Lake Coia down on the desert side, they had 70 degree water temperatures there. And that's just way too warm for trout. So that's kind of ending right there. But We do have a big finish on the trout fishing season down in the San Diego area. There is kind of becoming a tradition down there at um, some of the local lakes, in particular Lake Dixon, Lake Wolford. Lake Wolford here in late April had a stocking of 1,500 pounds of trout. Then at Lake Dixon, they've had a fishing tournament there. They, during the course of the month, the later part of the month here, they stocked 10,000 pounds of trout into that lake. Now, I know they didn't fish all of them out there right away, so I know there's going to be quite a few holdover trout there, but as the water warms up, they will be down a little bit deeper. But there's plenty of trout down that way. We can look at uh, Lake Skinner, though, since they're not stocking any more trout, they are doing really well down there on the striped bass. I got reports down there that it's pretty much wide open on, you know, smaller grade fish, two to three pounders. It seems to be if you can just find the right school of them on the lake, they're boiling on the water, chasing bait, and if you can kind of find out where they're at, 
from my reports is if you throw any kind of a bait, spinner bait, crank bait, those typical bass baits, it's a real reaction bite. If you find the right school, you're probably going to get a limit of fish. At Diamond Valley Lake, they're doing well on the big quality striped bass. Just as last week, there was a 26-pounder and a 16-pounder that were landed at that lake. So along with the striped bass fishing, they're doing real well on the bass fishing, and that catfish season is starting to kick in a little bit too. One place locally where we can look at the trout fishing hanging on a little bit longer we would be right here in our backyard at Lake Hemet. You know, we're up at about 4,500 foot elevation there, so the water stays cool longer. And I look for them to probably be stalking trout a little bit longer into the summer months as, as it's coming up here. Of course, that lake, they're dependent on the Department of Fish and Wildlife to uh, stalk the fish, and they kind of have a way of showing up when they show up, so there's no set schedule like there were on the lakes that have private stalking. But I want to talk a little bit about Lake Hemet. You know, it's just over the hill from us, the other side of Thomas Mountain, and if you were up there over the last couple of years, you saw how low that water was getting in that lake. It was so low that I know last summer they just closed their launch ramp. You could not launch a boat there. I was there with my family in as late as December before we had all of our winter rain, and it was it had a lot of shoreline showing. The boat launch wasn't usable, and it was looking pretty grim up there. Well, the, about a week ago, I went up there with my own boat. My boat's 25 feet long. It's an ocean-going boat. And there's so much water in Lake Hemet right now, I had no problem at all launching my boat. So I got out on the water. We were out there for the better part of the day. And what a gem we have in our own backyard. It was so pretty there. The hills are so green with all the rain that we had. Saw deer on the shoreline, eagles overhead. I look up and see Mount San Jacinto. It was still had some snow on it, even though that's going kind of fast. And uh, spent a nice leisurely day trolling around on the lake. Didn't catch anything, unfortunately. But um, I thought, golly, here we're just 15, 20 minutes away from home, and we have such a nice spot right there. So um, i kind of looking at, at it to pick up a little bit, too, with the trout they've been putting in there, and hopefully have some good trout fishing, and then the um, other fish will kick in a little bit later on, too. Now, looking on the saltwater scene out of the uh, Southern California landings, that would be the San Diego, Mission Bay, Oceanside, and Dana Point landings. They're still doing pretty good on the smaller grade of yellowtail out there. Uh, they said that recently the size has been picking up a little bit, but um, there's been a lot of fish out there, but they have been on the small side. The, um, there is one real trophy we have to talk about from just this last week. You know, I, I talked about in a previous show about the different boat trips you can do, anything from a half-day trip up to 10, 15-day long trips. Well, there was a local boat out of Oceanside that was just on an overnight trip a week ago. Now, an overnight trip, they generally don't go very far. And out of Oceanside, you know, maybe 40 miles out if they even go that far. But on a boat out of Oceanside last week, an angler on a, one of their sport fishing boats caught a bluefin tuna, 210 pounds. Now, I know there have been a few hundred pounders caught so far this year, but my gosh, 210 pounds. We're looking at springtime here, and that's like a trophy fish that you'd be lucky to catch even in the summertime. So those big bruisers are out there. Be ready for them, and uh, you could have a real trophy.
There is one other thing that's picking up right now. We're looking at the end of April. It's going to be the opener of the Sierra trout fishing season. Now, this is one of the biggest fishing events in California. They get literally thousands of people who go up to the eastern Sierras. The waters are just open up. The season just opens up up there at that time. And, um, you know, we had so much snow this winter, and that's really good for the fishing at some point down the road. But I look for things to be maybe a little bit tough up there. Some of the, the most popular lakes, that would be like Crawley Lake, Convict Lake, and the June Lakes Basin, the lakes on that loop, they're hoping that those lakes are going to be ice-free. My reports are that just in the last week, the ice was starting to break on it, and they were hoping for maybe a little bit warmer weather, and maybe a little wind would help break it up. But then on Tuesday, I got a uh, note from a friend of mine that lives up there. It was snowing on them again. So, you know, be ready for any kind of conditions up there. I do know that the Mammoth Lakes, those lakes in that basin, they're completely snowed in. There's just no access to them unless you want to uh, go in on snowshoes. And um, any of the higher lakes, Lake Sabrina, South Lake, they're all ice covered. They will be for quite a while. But hopefully, you know, if Crawley, Convict, or June Lakes, if they're ice-free, you know, they have been stocked and they should be pretty good fishing. The one negative thing, though, is and all the rivers up there are running so high and so fast, they're basically unfishable right now. They're just completely blown out with so much water going down. They also had a caution to watch out on these rivers. There's so much water coming down that they're undercutting the shoreline there. And I do know that recently there was a kid's trout derby that was canceled up there simply because it was dangerous with that kind of high water running. So um, my bottom line on the Sierras, it's always nice to get up there. And if you can go for the opener, I wish I could. It'd be a, it'd be, it's always a great time to get up there. But personally, I'm going to wait until later in the season. Let the snow melt, let the rivers run high for a while. But once things settle down, that is when I would look for some really excellent fishing up that way. But for early season, you know, it's always nice to get up there, but I'm going to wait. In fact, I'm looking forward to just a really good fall fishing season up there. So anyhow, we're looking at the um, ending of the trout locally here, the beginning of the trout season up of the high Sierras, and we've got some really good signs out there on the ocean for a really good fishing out on the saltwater scene. Okay, well, everybody, I want to talk about a different kind of fishing that you can do, something that I really enjoy. Now, I talked a little bit earlier about Lake Hemet, that I enjoy that. And there's a way I'm going to be going up there this summer because, it, well, it's really close. Now, I'm going to talk about kayak fishing. I own a kayak myself, and it's just so much fun to be on that. You know, when I used to live down in the San Diego area, I did a lot of kayaking there. Of course, I was only about 20 minutes away from putting that kayak on the water, so I was down there a lot, and I did a lot of kayak fishing down there. But um, one thing about being on a kayak all day, you know, I live fairly close to the landings where I put in on the water, but I would get down there, and it's such a workout on a kayak. You're out there paddling all day, getting the workout in, then fishing, and you know, you're out in that sunshine, the motion of the water, and after five, six hours of that, I'd get back up on the shore, load my kayak in the truck, and I think, oh my gosh, can I stay awake for another 20 minutes? <laughs> you know, it, it's really tiring out. I'd usually get home and go straight to bed and crash out. But, it, you know, that's just because it's such a good workout. But um, 
You know, I'm not going to try doing that while I live up here in Anza. I don't want to look forward to an hour and a half, hour and 45 minute drive in traffic after doing something like that on San Diego Bay. So that's why I'm going to uh, look for the local spots to do that. Now there's two different types of kayaks. The most popular one that you'll see here in California, in fact you see it almost exclusively, they are called the sit-on-top kayaks. It's like a solid body and you're sitting on top of the kayak. It's got scuppers where water drains out if it splashes in. Mine, I've got a really nice seat to it that goes you know, three quarters of the way up my back. And um, I've got several hatches in it for storing water, snacks, fish. And um, you can get them set up really nice. So that's the sit on top type that you'll see exclusively up here. You do occasionally see some of these sit inside kayaks. These are the more the traditional type that maybe you've seen before. These are really popular like up in the Pacific Northwest or mainly in places, well, even along the Central California coast. But these you have more protection where you can be warmer. I saw a lot of them when I was up in Alaska too. You know, I saw people, pictures of people, they would actually paddle and kayak out around glaciers. So uh, I don't know if I'm really into that as such. But um, those are the kayak you'll see sometimes too, the sit-in sides. Around, on those you can also put a, like a skirt around you too, so if there's water spray, that cold water, it, it protects you a lot more than a sit-on-top. But for a good Southern California kayak, it's, it's the sit-on-top is what you're going to see. Now on the sit-on-top kayaks, there's two different types of those. One, the type I have, you are, have a paddle and you're paddling with your arms type kayak. This is the traditional type. It works for me. It's a really good workout on your arms. And um, it does keep your arms tied up if you're fishing though. But what I do is I have a leash on my paddle so that when I get out there, want to go fishing, I can just simply throw the paddle over the side, kind of acts as a sea anchor, and my hands are free for fishing. But there's a new generation of kayaks out there made by Hobie. These are the pedal paddle kayaks. I've done this a couple times as, um, you know, on the rentals and the demos, and I've used them for fishing. These are the superior ones to use for fishing simply because your, your locomotion is by pedaling and your hands are always free. So you have the pedals down there. You're not quite getting the arm workout, but it's a really good leg workout. And um, these are getting really extravagant out there. <laughs> Some of them that I've used like on the demos, you'll actually have beach chairs to sit on top. So you're not getting your rear wet like you do sometimes in a, on a sit on top kayak like mine. But geez, they've got beach chairs on them. You control the direction and there's a little dial on the side for your rudder control. I've seen them set up with fish finders. Just a lot of the equipment that you would see on a conventional boat, you can have on these, uh, these Hobie type pedal paddle kayaks. These kayaks, I've also seen them anywhere in the three to $4,000 range. So you're definitely paying top dollar for them, but the guys that are really into the kayak fishing, this is kind of the way they're going right now. But I find that for mine with the paddle, my arms still work really good. And I know a lot of people that still do the, the kayaking with a paddle. Example also is that the uh, sit on top kayaks, I've seen them, geez, on the Craigslist type things for, you know, $200 too. They may not be a real extravagant top end kayak, but um, you know, you can get on them fairly cheap. What I would suggest though, is before you buy a kayak, if you're interested in it, 
go to some of these local kayak dealers or the rental places and try a, a sit-on-top kayak or try a pedal-paddle kayak. See what works best for you and fits your needs. Now, this kayak fishing, this has been taken to a whole new level. I've got a friend of mine that on his kayak, out in the La Jolla Kel beds, he caught a 54-pound white sea bass. I've also got another friend that's a professional guide right now for kayak fishing. He had quite a picture taken of him. He was out with another guy who had a camera taking pictures of him for his advertising purposes. He has a picture of him on his kayak with a pole bent hooked up and in the background is a marlin jumping up that he caught off his kayak. I also know another guy that hooked up and he caught a thresher shark on his kayak. Of course, he had to call a boat to come in and help him out a little bit to subdue the shark. And um, I wouldn't recommend going out and trying to catch sharks on kayaks, but it can be done. So the one thing about kayak fishing is that it's a real stealthy way of, of fishing. I know out in the kelp beds, you're kind of limited on a boat. If it's thick kelp, you'll go out there, you'll get your prop fouled up, you'll be fighting the kelp and this and that. Well, when you're on a kayak, you can paddle out right in the kelp, maybe in a good fishing spot, and you are right on the spot. You haven't disturbed the fish with an engine running, and it gives you really good access to the, um, to the fishing grounds. So um, you can get set up you know, with tackle boxes. You know, after you've done it for a while, you can see just what it is, the way you like to fish, and what you want to have with you. But um, some guys have really taken this to the next level up, and kayak fishing, I just really recommend it. You're right on the water. It's a way to feel like you're part of the water, and it gets you right down there more of a one-on-one -on -one with the fish. I know it's so popular that on certain weekends off of La Jolla down San Diego Way, they call it the plastic navy that's offshore, or some people call it they're all fishing on a leaf out there, but it's excellent fishing out there in the Kayak fishing has really taken off. It's also at the La Jolla Shores, it's really a good place to um, launch. It's really calm there. You're not going out through big waves. And you know how scenic it is down there on the La Jolla Cove area. So I would say give it a try sometime. Get your fishing gear. Try it at a rental place first. See what you like doing and if it's, the, if it's what you want to do. And then one other way I like fishing too, if you really want to take it, to another level, try float tube fishing. Now, a float tube, I also have a float tube, and I mainly use it, I've, I've used it up on the Sierra Lakes, but I've seen people use them on local lakes and out on the bay. The float tube, I talked about on an earlier episode, you're sitting in what's almost like a lounge chair, and your butt is kind of right down there in the water, and you're propelling yourself with flippers. Now this is one way you feel even more a part of the, of the fish because you are literally in the water with the fish. I've pulled a few up that have actually jumped right into my lap when I had it up close, so that's a lot of fun too. But my suggestion is try these other alternative ways to fish, whether it's on a kayak or a float tube. It's whatever gets you on the water, that's what you want to do, and they're a lot of fun. Okay everybody, I'd like to give you my boating tip for the day. Now, uh, this one is kind of an announcement about what's going on down in San Diego Bay. I just returned from San Diego Bay with my boat. I've got a 25-foot bay liner. You know, my wife and I, we made a little mini vacation out of it. We got a boat slip down there. We stayed on the boat. We had all the facilities we needed up at the uh, marina we were staying at. Really 
great. I mean, you don't have to be fishing to have a good time on the water. We got my son, his wife, my one-year-old granddaughter out for her first ride on Grandpa's boat. Saw a lot of friends down there, and we even took in a concert last night. We saw, we have a perfect venue where you can slip on in with a boat. We saw Willie Nelson in concert, up close. It was a lot of fun. The thing is, though, we launched at the launch ramp of Shelter Island on San Diego Bay. I want to tell you a little bit about this launch ramp. It's probably the most popular launch ramp in California. The last report is that they had over 50,000 boat launches last year off this ramp, simply because San Diego is so popular and it's the closest launch ramp to the ocean. So especially during the fishing season, it gets packed down there. Well, the one thing about it, the last time there was any kind of work done on this launch ramp was 1971. And the thing just really shows its age and the amount of use that there's been on it. Um, bottom line, it's, as popular as it is, it's a terrible launch ramp. It's so torn up. Well, they're finally going to do a renovation on it, and they're supposed to start here right around the 1st of May. But what that's going to do is they're going to have to, well, for all purposes, close the launch ramp. It's going to be shut down entirely the month of May and also the month of September. But then during the fishing months, June, July, and August, they'll have it open, but only one lane for launching. Now, there's no way in the world 50,000 boats are going to launch on a launch ramp with just one lane. So I guess my advice, my boat tip here is if you're a boater and you like going down to San Diego Bay, is to avoid Shelter Island launch ramp. There are launch ramps in the south part of the bay, but it's a long boat ride to get up out of the bay to go fishing. It'd be down National City, Chula Vista. Or also on Mission Bay, there's two nice launch ramps at Dana Landing and also at SeaWorld, the South Shore launch ramps. So my advice is find one of these alternative launch ramps. It will be nice a year from now when we have a completely renovated Shelter Island launch ramp. It really needs it. And I've seen artist renditions of what it's going to look like. It's going to be such an improvement, and I'm looking forward to that, but it will make things a little tight this summer. So if you're a boater or if you know somebody that likes to go boating, make sure they get the word to avoid trying to use the Shelter Island launch ramp this summer. Okay, everybody, I've got my fishing tip here for you this week. You know, my fishing report earlier, I talked about the saltwater fishing, how they were catching so many yellowtail out of the uh, Southern California landings here. For a while there, they were pretty much wide open limit fishing on the yellowtail. However, um, a fishing publication, a weekly publication that I get, they just showed a picture of a group of men on one of the sport boats with their limits of yellowtail they caught. Now, mind you, these are adult men out there. They're little kids catching their first fish. But this group, I don't think there was a single yellowtail held up that was over five pounds. A lot of them looked like little three pounders. Well, come on, guys. You're not going to get much off a three-pound yellowtail. I mean, I've caught trout that are that big. Now, if you're taking a kid out and it's their first time to go fishing and they catch you know, their little three- to five-pound yellowtail, well, come on. It's their first fish. Let them keep that one. Take a picture of it. But, you know, don't keep fish that small. You know, those little three- and five-pound yellowtails, if you, you know, they're a lot of fun to catch on light tackle, but throw them back in the water because that fish is going to be maybe an eight- to ten-pounder next year. That's not real big, but at least you can get a little meat off that. But, 
you know, throw that fish back and another year it'll be a 12 to 15 pounder, which, you know, that's getting into some real fish there. And um, someday, well, you know, my personal best yellowtail, I haven't broken the holy grail of yellowtail, which is a 40 pounder. I've caught a 39 pound yellowtail. Now that's a bruiser. And if we throw these small fish back, they will get bigger. So just remember, you're not gonna get a lot to eat, if anything at all, off those small ones. You know, a little sport, throw them back in, and let's catch that same fish a couple, two or three years from now when you might have a real trophy there. Well, everyone, I wanna go into my recipe for the week. This is sesame-crusted sesame fish. Now, I just recently used this on some tuna, but it goes good on just about any filet of fish you might get. I've used it on yellowtail, halibut, bass. It, it's pretty universal, and it's pretty simple, too, so it's, it's an easy one to use just about any time you want. Start out with this. I like to, in a bowl, get two tablespoons of olive oil. I like uh, two tablespoons of soy sauce, a couple tablespoons of Dijon mustard. Then I like to sprinkle a little bit of garlic in there. Now mix this up real good, get a good blend of it, then rub it over your fish. Now don't forget, remember that fish, you want a good dry fish before you, you uh, season it like this. Remember, you want to wrap it up in paper towels. I should have started out with this because it's the first thing you always do. But wrap it up in those paper towels, let it sit for a while in the refrigerator. If those towels are still wet, wrap them up in towels again and do this however many times until you get that real dry fish. That dry fish is gonna absorb the flavor so much better. And remember, fish juice does not taste good. Well, anyhow, after you've rubbed this recipe over that nice dry filet of fish, I like to put a little olive oil into your skillet. Start to fry it up on both sides, just lightly. Remember, you don't wanna overcook your fish. Then, before you're done cooking it to that medium rare, then I like to sprinkle some sesame seeds on it. I don't like to put the sesame seeds on too early because you will burn the seeds and burnt seeds don't taste good, but do it at a time to where when you're done cooking, cooking the fish, you'll just have a nice crust of that sesame seed on it. I really like a nice crust on fish, gives it a little bit of crunch. And, and then um, once you've cooked it to that point, I also like to get some lemon or lime and just, just a, a dash of that over your fish while it's still in the frying pan that lemon or lime that's gonna kinda of act as a preservative and really enhance the flavor of that fish. So try this, it's really simple. There aren't that many ingredients to it. And um, I think you'll have a recipe you'll wanna do over and over again. Well, everybody, I enjoyed bringing this show to you and I enjoyed talking about that different way of fishing. Try a kayak or a float tube sometime. There's, you know, you go to any of the landings, marinas now, most all of them have rentals and just get out there. They're a lot of fun. Even if you aren't fishing on them, it's a good way to enjoy the water and, you know, it's really good exercise too. And that's another benefit. So enjoyed bringing this episode to you. Remember, I would like to hear from you here programming at 963koyt.org. Like to know what you think out there, if you enjoy the show, any suggestions, if you like the recipes, and uh, just let me know where you want to take us, want me to take this show. We also at, at 951-763-5698, that's 763-569, oh, just said that, 763-K-O-Y-T. So until my next show, Enjoyed talking with you here, and maybe someday we'll get together out there on the water, and together we can cast away.